Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. And today I'm reading from Matthew chapter 20, verses 29 through 34. And it says, Now as they went off, out, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two men were sitting by the road when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Mercy, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitudes warned them that they should be quiet, haters, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still. That's a good place to underline. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? Then they said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Hey, over the next few weeks, uh, I'm sorry, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea, the subject, if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, death row prayers. Death row prayers. And this isn't Shug and Pac, this is death row prayers. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, up to this time, um, we've played incredible instruments and with the skill that you have given us, Lord God, we've lifted you up. And with the voices that you've blessed us with, we've worshipped you, Lord. And Father, we've made much of who you are. We've put our focus on you. And Father, we pray that your throne would be filled with worship and that there would be a smile on your face. That has always been my desire whenever we sing to you. But now, Father, the part that I can't do, I'm going to run my mouth, Lord. But Father, in Jesus' name, John 3.30, let me decrease that you may increase. May it be your words. And I know that you spoke these words, Lord, and that this is not just an ordinary sermon. I believe, Lord, that you're invested. Father, that you're engaged in this. And Father, I pray that at the end of the day that you would do the work, but that you would receive the glory, Lord. Father, we love you. We're expectant for what you're going to do here today, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus in this place? Come on. Death row, death row play, prayers. Hey, we're in, a, we're in just a couple of weeks away from Easter. And we talked about it and um, the significance of it is not lost in the entertainment of a church. It's not about the little eggs that we're going to do. It's not about the Easter bunny or the target sales. Um, Easter, the significance of it is huge. But before we get to Easter, there was a pathway there. And we're just a couple of weeks out. But in this story in scripture, we start to see that they were actually starting to walk his way there. As a matter of fact, the story that we read, if you flip the page, so this was on the way that if you flip the page, it is Palm Sunday. So what's going to happen next Sunday in Palm Sunday, and we talk about the triumphal entry of Jesus. This is the moment right before he starts this. He starts to walk. And Jesus, who he himself has been doing incredible ministry, incredible miracles. We talked about it a couple of weeks before. And we talked about how he entered into Jericho and he met Nicodemus. Y'all remember that? Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. Remember the little guy that climbed up to a tree? And so we explained that. And if you didn't listen, go back and listen on the podcast. But here it is that Jesus has now left Jericho and he's walking towards the cross. This is a form of, of the last days of Jesus walking. As a matter of fact, it was the last week of Jesus walking here on earth. 
Scripture says that he left Jericho. Like a couple of weeks ago, y'all remember when we talked about Jericho, Jericho was this place that the actual name is not just walking around and crying out and the walls fall down with the children of Israel, but the actual name Jericho, it means the Lord's sweet breath or the Lord's sweet fragrance. And this idea of being in God's presence. So now Jesus is walking out of Jericho and he's heading towards a devastating, painful assignment. We know the story because we've seen the movie time and time again. But we know that Jesus isn't going to go walk into the glory of God. He's about to get crushed, bruised, martyred in such a way that it has been inhumane. But it has been an example for some of the most torturous and evil people to kill others the way that they killed Jesus. Because it was that bad of a murder that they killed Jesus. He's on the way there. And unfortunately, scripture so many times in the hundreds has given prophecy after prophecy of what Jesus would experience. Not only do I believe that he had foresight, but he's read the Bible enough to know that what's coming is not going to be exciting. It was a painful assignment. But he needed two things to be able to go through this. Two things. One of which wasn't the best, but one of it which helped him all the way up until the point that the scripture says that he gave up his ghost. Y'all ready? Here we go. We're going to get into the scripture. Two things that he needed. Number one that he needed was he needed God's presence. Jericho, God's sweet breath. He needed God's presence to be able to walk into this assignment. Now, I want to explain to you because there's several different ways that you see God's presence in Scripture. There's God's presence that is this omnipresent, meaning that he's everywhere, all over the place. Psalm 139, David said, where can I escape? If I make my bed in hell, you're right there with me. Like, there's no way you can go away from God's help. That's why when we say at Greater Church, I, I, we don't say it as much. You might hear us say it, and please understand our heart, but when we say that God moved in a service, if God moves in a service, that means that he left a certain place and he went somewhere else. That can't happen because if God leaves a certain place, that place ceases to exist. God is everywhere. We open our hearts to God. And he begins to move in our hearts. But God is all over the place and everywhere. But there is this kind of omnipresent. Psalm 139 talks about it all over the place. And then there's the corporate presence of God. Matthew 18, 20, Jesus is saying, where two or three gather in my name, I shall be there. And so there's this idea that when we get together, that church isn't a religious requirement, but church has the potential to be dynamic in your life. And you're one way, one encounter away from an absolute life change. That's why the presence of God meets us when we meet corporately together then there's the inner presence of God Colossians Paul is trying to explain he calls it a mystery of Christ how Jesus lives inside the Gentiles no longer just inside those who have lived by the law and those that have lived by the Old Testament and sacrifice and those that think they got to read 48 Bible verses before they go to bed because if they wake up and the rapture happened they're going to hell but we don't have these rules and regulations that we talked this Tuesday with some of our group but that Jesus, he lives inside of us. First Colossians talked about the mystery of Jesus inside the, the Gentiles. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, don't you know that you are the temple of the living God? Not a temple made by hands, but that God resides inside of us. Yo, that's scandalous. That's scandalous. That God would dwell inside this broken and messed up vessel. And then the last kind of presence of God, not only is he everywhere omnipresent, not only is he is corporate present and then the inner presence inside of us, but then there's the manifest presence of God. And the manifest presence of God, that's when you feel him. 
These are the moments that I'm preaching and I can lean into the message sometimes and I start to watch tears fall down your eyes because I know that God is speaking to you. But what he's saying to you is totally the opposite of what he's saying to somebody across the road from you. But they are feeling the exact same thing, which is the presence of God, the manifest presence of God. Acts chapter 2. Scripture says that there's the manifest presence of God that came into the room and destroyed that place. And there were tongues of fire laying on each person and everybody sensed them and felt them. There's moments in worship where you feel the manifest presence of God. There's healings that have happened where the manifest presence of God has come and has touched people. I want to show you something when it comes to the manifest presence of God. Check this out. John chapter 14 verse 21. It says, Jesus says, he who has my commandments and keep them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. Watch this. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And I love Pastor Alex, a dear friend of mine from Spartanburg, that he's here with us. And he had a, he preached on Friday. I almost got saved, y'all. And he had this message. And then he was talking about how Christians, we supernatural everything. And supernatural, if I'm honest with you, is nowhere in scripture. And I get it. I understand. And please believe me. We're, we're a church. We believe in God. And we believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit. We're not far from it. We're not sitting there looking at God and saying he stopped working. No, we've seen healings. We've seen miracles. We've seen wonders. And we will continue to see them. But, but we, we take the, our natural and we put a super on it. And it's like Superman. And God is so much bigger than our supernatural. He moves in ways because he's, he's part of a kingdom. This is an establishment that he runs, that he is the one that governs. He set the rules and what he wants to do, he does. But the manifest presence of God, sometimes we, we over-spiritualize it. When in reality, the manifest presence of God is the reason why you ain't punch your boss in the face. Y'all holy than thou, praise the Lord. When your kids got on your nerve and you just wanted to, you know what I'm saying? In Jesus' name. But it's, but the presence of God just held your fist and your mouth just, you just, God, I've been doing so good last week. Like, I mean, I did so good. Like, I read my Bible. I prayed. Can I just get one sin? I just want to give them one little sin. I just, just let me get, let me just say two words. I just want two cuss words. Let me get two cuss words. And the manifest presence of God is what actually muzzles you. And the Holy Spirit living inside. And it's just like, oh, hold on one second. And it changes the way that you look at. Man, we've seen some incredible miracles, wonders, signs. I mean, God is incredible when he manifests himself. The presence of God is beautiful. But can I tell you the second thing that you need? You need the presence of God. I mean, the omnipresence of God, the corporate, the inner, the manifestation of the presence. But can I tell you what's the second thing you need and that Jesus needed? You need people. You need God's people. And God's people are miraculous, but they're also messy. They're all so messy. I hate God's people sometimes. <laughs> the pastor said. <laughs> they're miraculous and, and they're messy and they're everything in between. But can I tell you that they're mandatory? Jesus himself, he could have walked through the earth and saved us. Jesus was the epitome of God. <laughs> he was God. Though the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 17 that he stripped himself of divinity. He became just like us so that he can live like us, die for us, die as us. Yet this Jesus, he could have saved us, but he took a youth group, y'all. 13 years to 24 years old. And he grabbed a bunch of guys that had failed at the rabbi school. And he said, y'all, I want you to follow me. And with 12 broken individuals, including Judas, because if he wouldn't have betrayed him, Jesus, it would have, it, God would have found a way. 
But it was Jesus betraying him that allowed for him to go to the cross where he died as us. Not just for us. He died as us. It should have been you on that cross. So here we are, the 12 broken individuals actually helped Jesus to be able to get to the place. That's Jesus that we're talking about. So if Jesus needs people, how much more do you? Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12 it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil you can start a job and you can make money just in a business sense but if you begin to have employees now all of a sudden you begin to make more money nobody wants to make money for their fall for if they fall one will lift up his fellow but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up again if two lie together a if two lie together they keep warm praise the lord i like lying with you lit <laughs> you keep me warm girl it's scripture it's the bible i'm reading the bible but how can one keep warm alone you feel me can't sleep on the couch fellas and though a man might prevail against one who is alone two will withstand him a threefold cord is not quickly broken so so what he's trying to say here is that number one is that you you need people Be, because by yourself it sucks you can go fast alone but you're gonna go further faster and longer with people if i grab do me a favor alex come here david come here for a second um I want y'all to do me a favor. Stand right here, real quick. Fast, I gotta do this quick. And I need y'all to hold hands. No, stand in front of each other. Hold hands, both hands. Okay, awesome. Here it is. We're all on an assignment. Our responsibility and our job is to bring people into the kingdom. That's the only thing that we have. Jesus didn't say build big churches. He didn't say take up offerings to redo trailers and be able to bless pastors. He said, I want you to make disciples. I want you to build my kingdom. There is a way of doing life that was on heaven. And there was a way of doing life that's in, I mean, uh, that's in the kingdom that's God. And there was a way that we did life. And the whole gospel is about everything that God did. He wants to instill it here. The very same way that Britain came to the Bahamas and changed the way that Britain was and now they dress up in their little shorts and the slacks and they drive on the left side of the road etc etc that's what God wanted to do he wanted to establish his kingdom and our job and our responsibility is to let people know there was a severance between you and God you were broken and far from him Jesus has stepped into the breach and now he's re-established this kingdom you can be part of it so our responsibility is that we go reach somebody bring them to Jesus disciple them that's all Jesus said Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This church, the mission of it is to reach and empower all people towards a relationship with Jesus. Our job is to bring people to the kingdom. That's all, we're, that's all we were asked to do. Just disciple them, teach them my ways, that's it. But if I bring one person, I got to bring two. And then I got to bring three. And then I got to bring four. And then when I'm done talking to you about your pornography addiction, and then I'm talking to you about how you and your wife, you don't want to be together. And I just, and then I talk about you, how you want to kill everybody. And you have these desires. You got to walk through all of these. But guess what? You're doing the same thing. You're supposed to be walking through this 16-year-old that wants to kill herself for the third time. And you've been walking through her. But yet you got this 24-year-old that you keep telling him, yo, stop smoking weed. It's not helping you. And this guy's still doing it. And you're walking through him. And then another one. Before you know it, you get to three. And then you got to get to four. And by the time you get to 20 people, you got to get to 30 people. And it doesn't end because then you got 50. So what is the church? The church is that you bring your one and I bring my one and we do this thing together. This is what the church is about. Broken people who are making. I'm tired of hearing that the church is an ER with just blood and we're all that. Yeah, we're ER, but we're also a recovery center. Our job and our responsibility is to get you healthy so you can get out there and start doing the things that you're learning in here. This is just an hour and a half. 
You got life happening on one day, 22 and a half hours left. And then you got Monday through Saturday. The tools that you receive here are for you to go out. So why? These guys have been holding hands awkwardly for a while. <laughs> awkwardly for a while. So the, the idea is this. The idea is this. That John Ramondi, come in here. I want you to come, come right here in the middle. You might not see his pants on because he's invisible down there, but he, he got pants, I promise. All right, open it up. No, don't hold no hands. Get, John, get in there. So they reach John. No, hold hands. Go. They reach John. He's saved now in Jesus' name. He's in the kingdom. Alex, come here. Watch this, though. Now I want you to open up that hand right there. Stop right there, Alex. Open up that hand. No, no, back up, Alex. And then back up, back up, and then hold hands. Now get in here, Alex. Now watch this. Where one can hold, Weston, come over here. Where one can be in there, now watch what happens. Watch what happens. It gets better. Come on. Come on. Now you got, now you got two. They could only hold one. Now they got two. Isn't this pretty awesome? Do me a favor and back up. Open that hand and open this hand. And you grab that hand and you grab, how much more can we continue to feel if we begin to disciple and do the work of the kingdom? If we begin to do what God asks us to do. This is what God, and you need people. You need people to be able to do this. This is what the example looks like. Some of us have jobs. Okay, you guys can stop holding hands and sit down. It looks super weird. God bless you. We have, we need people in our life, man, that are going to help us to do the work of the kingdom. But yo, there's people in my life that had to help me not only to do, yo, right now we're sitting there and we're looking how we're going to do this stuff. And even the construction of like, yo, our lobbies are so tiny. How do we, how do we create a bigger lobby? And we got to do all this. And then there was people that were like, you're an idiot. Don't do that. Look, just walk straight through there in that big room in the back. Let's create access and people can actually hang out. And now you're not stuck in the bathroom saying, excuse me, or walking through the hallway trying to get there while people are checking out because somebody in their brain said to us, hey, what if you did this? And then not only did somebody say it, but all of a sudden here it is, Tim comes and he's like, yeah, I could do that. Just, just give me this, this, this is what I need to be able to do. It's people in your own life. Somebody hooked you up with your wife. Some of y'all said, no, I found her on MySpace. I get it. But <laughs> I get it. Some, you need people. You need people. I got to move through this thing. And watch this. Here's what it is. And this is the reason why Wednesday, this Wednesday is going to be so important because we're wrapping up our G groups with people. G groups are all about people about us doing life together I need you and you need me and behold two blind men sitting on the road when they heard that Jesus was passing by they cried out and said have mercy on us O Lord son of David so Jesus is walking out of Jericho the two things that he needs going up to the cross he needs God's presence he needs a manifest presence of God but he also needs people and there's people that are going to do good, and there's people that are going to do bad. Everybody say messy people, and everybody say miraculous people. There were two men that were sitting on the side of the road, and they were blind. And they started to cry out, God, oh Lord, son of David, please help us. Have mercy on us. Yo, if I'm honest with you, I've been there so many times. I've been in those moments where I just felt like, though my optics were working perfectly, and maybe I got some glasses on, but I can see. But my physical seeing wasn't compared to how blind my heart was and how broken I was and thinking to myself, yo, how am I going to get out of this financial debt? How am I going to climb this mountain that if I'm honest with you, I put it there and I started this mountain? And how am I going to make my way over this wall that I took the concrete and the bricks and I built it myself? And man, I felt blind and I was thinking to myself, yo, where is God going to come through? The, these two blind men that were in scripture here, I can only imagine how broken and how desperate they were. 
And behold, two men were sitting on the side of the road. And then all of a sudden, they heard that Jesus was passing by. Here is the thought. Number one is that, honestly, there are times in my life where I felt so broken. And the last thing that I looked for was Jesus. I looked for another Indeed application. I looked for another way to be able to get money. I looked for another idea. I looked for another relationship. I found myself trying to find in another city. And I did all these things to try to get out of my problems. But what I really needed was God. And the way that I found my way to God was through those miraculous people. Scripture says that Jesus is walking with a group and that they heard that Jesus was there. How did they hear that Jesus was there? Unless it was the commotion of miraculous people who were walking around. Hey, Jesus is here. Yo, I'm going to get healing. My daughter is finally going to come out of that bed. They begin to speak and these guys all of a sudden they hear it. And in that second, they had a moment. Everybody say moment. Everybody remembers the moment. For us to have called on the name of Jesus, for us to have given our heart to Jesus, we remember that moment. I remember I was 19 years old and I was sitting in jail and I was under some statewide linen sheets and I had my moment. But can I tell you that moments are not mandatory. Moments don't change everything. Moments are managed. It's what you do with that moment. Another incredible thought that I think Alex did was that he was saying that the Bible, there's no power in this thing right here that I'm holding in my hand. It, though this is digital, it's paper and ink. There's no power in the Bible that you have right there. It's just a piece of paper. The power comes when you begin to apply its truths. When you begin to read it and do what the scriptures say. Because you can read it and there will be no transformation. Your heart might flutter a little bit. But if you don't take what's in there and allow for it to transform you, it's just paper on some ink. That's all it is. So you need to be able to take some steps. And there's some things that you need to do. Here it is that these guys are desperate and they cry out, Oh, son of David! Have mercy on us. They're so broken. They're so blind. But they can see Jesus. And it was because of the people that were around him. Jesus could have easily walked by them. And without seeing him, he would have just kept walking. But it was the people that were around that created the commotion that I can't even imagine with your eyes closed. I hope I don't fall. And they're just like, yo, what is happening? Hey, what's, what, why is everybody, yo, why'd you bump into me? Hey, man, what's, gee, gee, what? Oh, that's the Jesus that I heard about. That's the Jesus that I know that can save me. That's the Jesus that I know that can heal me. Watch what happens. It was just in a moment, in a moment. Watch this. Then the multitudes warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So we were introduced to the miraculous people that allowed for this man to, or these two men to understand, yo, Jesus is walking by. But then all of a sudden we're introduced to the messy people. The messy people that were telling him, yo, you can't earn your way to this miracle. If you don't wear a skirt in church, if you don't take those earrings off, if you don't read the correct scriptures, if you don't stop listening to that, if you don't stop watching that, if you don't stop doing this, you can't have access to this. You can't even come into this place. And us four no more is a theory that has killed and crippled cities not churches I mean cities because there are assignments that are happening inside of churches my job and my responsibility is to prepare the saints we talked about this in Ephesians last week my, or two weeks ago my job is to prepare you for you to do the work of the ministry as a shepherd my job it's unlawful it's illegal it's disgusting for a shepherd to have intercourse or to have any type of to create a pregnancy in a sheep sheep produce sheep we have a responsibility to teach so that you can reach and now the city is impacted because of the assignment that's happening here but messy people are the ones that, yeah but i don't know why we have the lights 
your drummer's too good and your bass player. He's doing all this weird stuff. It's too secular. Let's just do, let's pull out the hymns. <laughs> Sign me up for the Christian Jubilee. Won't you write my name, write my... I don't like the music. I, I don't like the way that you have... I don't like graphics. Why do you have TVs? Why is all of this stuff? Your preference, you're messy. I'm not worried about messy people. I'm looking for miraculous people because there's a broken, hurting, dying world that we got to reach that God has given us the responsibility. He ain't give your opinions the responsibility. He gave you purpose and our purpose is to go reach them. And I think we have a responsibility, especially in scripture. But there has to be something inside of us that begins to tell us, yo, I don't, I don't care what you say and I don't care how you say it. Yo, I got a responsibility. I got a job. And for some of us, we're on the other side of this thing. And we're... <laughs> We're the blind people. And you walked into this place and you heard that the messy people are just demons sometimes that are in your ear or people in your life that are not demons. They're just people. They might have a demon, but I'm not going to say that. But they're just people. <laughs> because, brother, you can't read the New King James Version. You got to read the King James Version. I need to see the red letters. And now you thus and thou in this thing and you just like, I don't even know what this thing says. Thou with diphtis and... And after a while, you just like, you know what you do? So why, we'd rather not be messy and just create miracles where you can walk into the presence of God and he can change you and he can do the work. I think that's a lot easier. So here it is. Scripture says that these men, then the multitudes worried them and started saying, you need to be quiet. But they cried all the more, have mercy on us, son of David. I, I don't care about you distracting us. There's something inside of me that I have a desperation. I have to seek something. There's something that's happening inside of me that's telling me, yo, I need Jesus. And I've been that blind guy. And there's been a moment that I've walked up to a church service and the preacher was great. I have no idea what he said. The worship was amazing. I have no idea what he said, but I had my moment. And in that moment, I said, yo, there's something wrong with me. And I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to have this shame this guilt I don't want to walk with this sin anymore I need God and something snaps inside of you where you begin to skip the steps that everybody else has to go through and you eliminate the conversations of what the enemy's telling you you can't come to Jesus because you haven't stopped doing this you can't come to Jesus because you haven't done this you have to do this first you have to do that when in reality God is saying come as you are I love you enough not to leave you where you are I need you to just walk in through the door with your brokenness your hurtingness once you come in we're gonna do the job of getting these things out of you because yes I desire holiness yes I desire for you to be perfect as I'm perfect don't get it twisted and sit here oh you're one of those grace-filled churches that just legalistic everybody could come in here yeah you can come in here as you are we're gonna walk through this process with you but you might be sitting somebody next to you that is going through the process meaning that they smell a little different than you they look a little different than you they might talk a little bit different than you but they belong in this house because this is God's house as broken as they are as put together as they are they belong here because this is God's house but there has to be a desire something inside of you that just, I think with me, it was a desire that I was like, yo, I'm going to die if I don't go to Jesus. I'm going to literally lose my life or I'm going to be in prison for the rest of my life. I need Jesus. My kids, which I love them. They're somewhere around here, probably in kids doing something. But yo, anybody got kids? Anybody kids? Raise your hand. The, our remote controls at the house, they have a demon. I know they have a demon. They have to have a demon because I put them in one spot and I tell everybody, we even put Velcro. You remember that lid? We put Velcro on the thing to like, the control goes here. Simple. Just put the control there. But the control is always missing. So what do I do? I tell the kids, I'm like, yo, can you find the control? And it's what they do. I don't know. 
I don't know where it is. I don't know. I, just, I don't know. I tried to look for it. Did you really look for it? I did. I went through everything. Oh, my God, Dad. You, know, you want to know how you change that, though? Then I told him, hey, check this out. Whoever finds, and it's controllers and AirPods. I believe AirPods have demons, too. They just leave. Some of y'all giggle because you know what I'm talking about. And then you Android users, you're like, what? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I want to show you something because I'm going to teach you something here in a second. I promise you I'm going somewhere. Because all of a sudden, I put an incentive in front of it. And now I say, hey, guys, here's what's going to happen. Whoever finds it, I got $20. Or whoever finds it, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an hour. Some of y'all are like, oh, I want to look for it now. Where we going, pastor? Let's do it. No, it's my kids. They're ratchet. <laughs> or I'm going to give you an hour. You get an hour on Fortnite or Call of Duty or 2K, whatever you want to play. You get to play for about three hours. Bro. Bro, they start. Yo, I, <laughs> mom, I found your earrings from like four years ago. But it's the incentive. Ooh, can I tell you that God gave us an incentive? Watch this. I want you to see something. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Because Nunzi's going to get mad at me. And then she's like yelling at me like, you threw my stuff. Why you did that? I'm sorry. Oh my God, I got to move. I told my wife we'd get out of here by now. 11, Hebrews 11, 6. Watch this. It's on the screen. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Here it is. He's a rewarder. Watch this. To those who diligently seek him. That word diligently is exiteo. In the Greek, that word is exiteo. And what that word means is to search out and examine, to crave something. I mean, it, so it's an insatious desire that you can't quench. You know what this is like? And I've made mention of this for you. They call Greater Church Home. You've heard this. But it's like, you know, when you finish eating a plate of food and you ate whatever, macaroni and cheese, my Hispanic rice and beans, or jerk chicken, whatever it is, tell for it. And when you finish eating, you're full and you can't go no more. Just like what happened to me yesterday at Chris and Livy's house. I'm eating and I'm full. <laughs> but then you think to yourself, I, I could go for something sweet. You can't breathe. You can't, you, you're so full, but you're like, ooh, I can go for something sweet. What, like Hungarian cherry pie. I don't know what it was, but it was amazing. I couldn't breathe. I was like, ugh. Yo, could you imagine if you had that desire for God's presence? Could you imagine if you came out of church and the first thing that you, you're not worried about going to McDonald's. You're not worried about going to eat. But you're just like, yo, I want to go, I want to look at those scriptures. He talked about the presence of God in Psalm 139. I, I want to seek that. Lord, I want your manifestation. I want your presence, God. I want to do your will and I want to understand you so that you manifest. And there's a desire inside of you where all of a sudden, like, you, you know that feeling when you wake up in the morning, you're just like, hmm, I can go for that. Imagine if that was the desire that you had. S scripture calls that diligent. That's when you begin to seek him. And now all of a sudden you're looking at scripture. You're not looking for the latest psycho drug. But you understand that your depression, yo, listen to me. Please understand me. I'm going to say something that's super heavy. And I, I truly believe that God has given, there are medicines that you can take. And we're not against it. We're not going to sit here and like, oh, there's a chemical imbalance. I'm just going to pray to Jesus. You're dumb, bro. Like, okay, I get it. Like, you can. But, yo, if a doctor has told you I got a headache, I'm going to take an aspirin. Yo, and the aspirin's going to go. I, I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just telling you what to put in the first place. 
I'm just telling you to put first. If you took medicine before you actually prayed and believed God, then you're out of turn. I'm going to rebuke the fever from my child's forehead, and I'm going to speak the word of God over their life, and I'm going to believe that by his stripes they are healed, and I'm going to believe your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in heaven. There is no fever in earth in heaven, so there can't be fever here, and I'm going to speak that over their life. But then I'm gonna, it, after a little while, I'm going to grab some Robitussin. You're on my nerves. Here, just go lay down. So please understand that there is, there is medicine and different things that you can deal with and people that you speak to that can help you to walk through depression and mental health issues. I'm not speaking against that. But I believe that there's a Holy Spirit that when we begin to diligently seek him, I'm no longer comparing myself on social media, creating anxiety in myself because my yard doesn't look like his or my car doesn't look like his or my wife doesn't look like his wife. When I start to eliminate some of these things and I'm not watching all these TV shows and I'm not scrolling through a feed that's causing schizophrenia where I want to purchase a car, I want to buy a dog, I want to eat tacos. I'm not, I'm not doing this where you can actually pull away from this thing and you could begin to lean in and father I just thank you right now for the wife that I have Lord I thank you for the car that you've given me Lord and I thank you for everything the blessings that you have given me something happens when you take your face out of Facebook and put your face in the book Lord I got that's a mean so please understand that I believe that God can still heal those mental health issues Sometimes it's your diet, it's your sleep, sometimes it's the intake that you take. Eliminating these things and watching your attention go to God, I guarantee you, but you got to get diligent about these things. We can't stay babies that just come to church and get your little 30-minute message and it's like Sagittarius. Make sure you open doors for people. Scorpio, make sure that you walk on the right side of the road. This isn't that, y'all. This is the gospel of Jesus. This is the word that is living. It's a two-edged sword. It cuts going in and it cuts going out. If you apply these things, God will put that sword in your hand and you can begin to do damage to the kingdom of darkness but we got to diligently seek him we we got to spend time with God scripture says that these people are telling them no you can't be with Jesus don't 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 worry about it and all of a sudden desperation rises up inside of them scripture says that these men begin to scream all the louder I don't I don't care what you say Jesus I, I need your mercy and I need you to to heal me and I got this insatious craving inside of me to be able to see. I want to see my, I want to see my friends. I don't know if these men were blind their whole life or if they had just gotten blind. But I could only imagine when this moment happened. So Jesus stood still. And called them and said, here it is. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Then said to him, Lord, let our eyes be open. And so Jesus had compassion. He, he understood them. He, he felt what they felt in that moment. And scripture says, and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. There's in this scripture, there's a lot to unpack and I don't got the time for it. Um, after Easter, I'm going to take, I don't know, it might be four weeks, it might be nine weeks, it might be the whole summer. But I want to take some time to unpack that. Um, because here it is what Jesus says. Lord, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus had compassion on them. 
touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. And so I'm not going to explain this. I'm just going to keep it here. This is your little cliffhanger. You know what I mean? Jesus didn't even pray for him. He walked in his authority and they received their sight. That's later. I promise you. Get up and walk. Take up your bed and walk. Not, Father, right now I come before you and I rebuke the spirit of in this bed. Let him get out. Club Savana, DJ Pillow, we rebuke you right now in Jesus. That's only my Hispanic people. <laughs> and Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they follow. Sometimes it can feel like Jesus is just passing you by. And you've watched the miracles happen in everybody else's life. You've watched other people be healed. You watch other people have their family members come back to Jesus. Stories are told of how God did miracles in their life. And sometimes it could just feel like, yo, Jesus is just passing me by. And the whole time I'm sitting here and I'm crying out, oh Lord, son of David. And you're in your room and your father, I, I know you're going to reconcile this thing. I know you're going to do it. And father, I know that this is what the report of the doctor says, but I'm believing you. And then you're hearing stories of other people that their reports have turned around. But yet you feel like Jesus sometimes is just passing you by. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight and followed him. And you're watching two men from afar that have been blind their whole life. And all of a sudden now they're, they're seeing and they're excited and they're proclaiming God and they're so excited. But yet you yourself have not been able to have this miracle happen to you. And you're worshiping God but you're still bleeding. And you're leading your family but you're still bleeding. And you're trying to do everything that you can right but you're still bleeding. These two men had something inside of them that actually made Jesus stand still. Jesus, who well, I want to rewind the tape, is on his way to one of the most disgusting, brutal assassinations that have ever happened. And yet these men make Jesus stand still because there was faith in their heart. There was a desperate cry in their heart that didn't care about what people said. That didn't care about people that were deterring them, the steps. But they had a faith inside of them. And I, yo, please, I feel like we've taken the word faith and we've minimized it so much. When you have to understand that this thing is huge. That you would take your eyes off of what you can fix, what you can do. And that you would say, well, God, I'm going to trust in you. And I'm going to believe that you're going to do this thing. And something inside of them rose up where faith starts to come up. Very few times, very few times, and every single time that I come up with a message, I, I know I spent time with God, and I know that God is speaking to me, and there's certain things that come alive, and I'm like, oh man, I, I feel God's presence, and I'm writing these messages. I can be in the car sometimes, I can be on an airplane, and God begins to give me messages, and I'm like writing them down, or something will happen, and I'm listening to something, and all of a sudden, an idea would spark up inside of me, and I'm like, oh my God, this is what he said, but this is what I heard, and it'll be a completely different avenue that God takes me in, and so my messages they happen all over the place I wish I could tell you I take one day and I write my messages I, I don't um, sometimes I'll be reading the Bible and we have our soap journal greater that church slash soap and I'll be reading the soap and all of a sudden something will pop up and a 45 minute message comes out of that thing sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm playing with my kids and they'll do something and I'm like and my wife will see me all of a sudden I just I'll, I'll space out and it's because God is just showing me that's what I do. 
I do with you. <laughs> this is what I do with you. This is how I love you. The way you're doing it, you're just rep. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God. And I'll pull out my phone and I'm on my notes and I, I can show you better than I can tell. You probably can't see this, especially for my people. But these, these are just thoughts that just sermons that just kind of pop into my head. And I could just, I could sit there and continue to scroll and just ideas and things. I could count in my hand how many times I felt this moment. Well, I began to write this message and I feel like the presence of God just kind of came in that room. And it, this message was just a few weeks ago. And I, I'll tell you why it happened. But I just felt like the presence of God was on this room and it was just like, man, there's so many people, Chino, that are blind and their eyes they can see and they're healthy in their body. But man, they're so broken in their heart, they can't see what tomorrow is going to look like. And here's what I felt like God was saying. What do you want me to do for you? And I felt like God was saying, we're going to pray for some people. We will in a second. And I promise you that I felt like God was saying to me, what do you want me to do for you? Because there's miracles. There's answers to prayers. You've been asking God for some stuff. And you've been the blind man on the corner wondering, God, are you ever going to answer me? And I felt like there's going to be some answers that are going to happen. Y'all, I promise you, when I sat here and listened and I got to this part of the message, it's like I wanted to cry. I wanted to shake. I wanted to get up. I didn't know what to do because I was just like... And I know when that moment happens, nine times out of ten, God is the one that takes over. And I just step out the way because I'm an idiot. I don't got this thing all figured out. Been in it for a while, but I'm far from perfect. And I know that in these moments, I've learned enough to say, God, you, you'll take over this part. And so here's what we want to do. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at MyGreater.